0: Hey, it's great to see you this morning. Welcome to FCC. Uh, I want to start with a question this morning. How many of you, honest, uh, honest? we need like a show of hands here, okay, just be real, real self-aware and real honest right now. How many of you are over-packers when you go on a trip? Anybody, every single time you think, I'm not going to pack as much stuff this time, and then you get there and you don't touch half of it. Right. Okay, so my wife, I love her very, very much. I talk about that quite a bit. I do love her very much, but she is an overpacker. When we first started to travel after we got married, we'd go places, and I know like she'd, she'd be packing her bag, but she'd be looking at my bag to figure out how much space I was gonna have left for more shoes. Anybody else's wife do that? Anybody's husband do that? Anybody else, okay? Uh, she was always watching my bag. I remember one of the first trips we took together, Uh, I was packing my stuff, she was packing her stuff, uh, and I could tell by the growing pile of stuff in her suitcase that she was going to be over the weight limit for the plane. And so we have this little scale thing that you hook around, like it, it goes around the handle of the suitcase and then you hold it up and it tells you how heavy the bag is, you know? And so she stepped out of the room for a minute and I was like, now's my chance. So I zipped her bag shut real quick and I put that little scale on it and I held it up and, and she was already like right at the weight limit. She wasn't over it yet, but she was like right there. And so she came back in the room and I wasn't going to make a big deal out of it. It and I started to mention it to her, and thank God I stopped because I, I almost said, Hey, babe, you have a weight problem. <laughs> but I, I didn't say those words, which is the only reason I'm alive today and I'm here preaching this morning, okay? Uh, but she, she, she has to kind of watch when she's packing her stuff because it's always like, I might need this pair of shoes or what if I need this thing? And I'm, maybe I'm a little bit the same way. Uh, we'll talk about that another time, okay? Some of you, you have that same struggle. You're, you're overpackers. It's always a temptation to overpack for a journey. Let me tell you about another time This got a little bit serious for me almost became a dangerous thing. It was 2015, and I set some goals for myself at the beginning of the year. I'd never done this before, but they weren't resolutions because if you're a New Year's resolution person and you stick with it, you are in a rare class of people. Most of us, we set resolutions to feel really good about ourselves for the first week of January, and then we just go back to doing what we do. And so these were goals for the whole year. I said, this year, I want to save whatever x number of dollars and this year i want to learn to speak italian i bought rosetta stone i did that for like three weeks it was great i still only know whatever's on the olive garden menu that's all the italian i know i said this year i want to you know and i've I've put a bunch of things in i think i said that year i wanted to run a thousand miles throughout the course of the year but one of the things i put on my my list of goals for the year was i said this year i want to take a hiking trip And I have this friend, his name's Rob. He used to be one of the pastors at Greenwood Christian Church right down the road. And Rob has probably spent more of his adult life on the Appalachian Trail than off of it. And so I called Rob up and I said, hey, Rob, you know, you're always talking about those hiking trips you do. I think I might want to go on one of those this year. Would you want to go? And he was like, yes, when do you want to plan it? So... We met for lunch the next week. He was way too excited about it, which should have been my first red flag. But we planned out this trip where for six days, we were going to hike. So we, we drove to the Pennsylvania-Maryland border. We parked at a state park. And, and for six days, we were going to hike north into Pennsylvania, the southeastern part of the state through all the rocks and the hills. And we hiked through a, a, a timber rattlesnake sanctuary where they just kind of hang in the tree branches above your head. That was really cool. So we, we plan this hiking trip and we're planning our packing list. And when you pack for a long hiking trip, you have to plan some special stuff. Like you don't just shove any old bag full of stuff. You have to get yourself a special bag like this one. And, and and so when you start to pack this bag, you got to think really carefully about everything that goes in it. Like you don't just shove any sleeping bag in there. You got to get a hiking sleeping bag because they're, they're still really warm, but they're really thin and they're really light and they don't take up a lot of space in your bag and they don't weigh very much. And you got to think about the food that you pack because... You're staying in, in shelters and lean-tos and tents, and so you can't just pay, pack any food. You got you to gotta think about what can I cook over a campfire, or what can I cook really simply, or what can I eat without cooking it at all, and so you put all that stuff in here, and you got to think about hydration, because you're hiking for hours and hours, like 12 hours a day in 85-degree weather, and it's humid, and so you need a lot of water, and so there's this pocket here on top where you can put like a, a, a water uh, supply, and so you got to think about that, and every single thing that goes in this bag, you got to Got to think about. So I make my packing list and I start buying all the stuff or borrowing all the stuff that I need. And I start putting this pile of stuff together in my dining room. Okay. So the night before we're leaving to go on this trip, I think, all right, I'm, I better go ahead and pack my bag. And I start putting everything in here and it didn't all fit. So I had to take it out and rearrange it, put it back in there. It still didn't fit. So I had to take it out, rearrange it, put it back in there. And, and I finally got everything in the bag. And I thought, I wonder what this weighs. And so I put it on my scale and just, Just shy of 35 pounds. I thought, that's pretty good. A week's worth of stuff, 35 pounds, that's not bad. So the next morning, like 3.30 in the morning, Rob and I jump in the car and we hit the road to go to the trail. It's about a four-hour drive and we're throwing our stuff in the car. And I take my bag and I throw it in the back seat and Rob goes, hey, did you get everything you need? And I said, yeah, I think I did pretty good. And he said, what's your bag weigh? I said, "I'm I'm like just shy of 35 pounds. And his eyes got real big. And he said, you said, what? I said, 35 pounds. He said, okay. I said, what's your bag weigh? And he said, 18 pounds. And then that should have been my second red flag. Okay, so we drive, we get to the to the park at the trailhead and um, we get out of the car, you know, and we, we put our bags on and we go to hit the trail. And about a mile and a half in, my legs hurt and my back hurt and I was tired and I was winded and I drank half of my water and, uh, I should have packed a little lighter. It was later that day. Uh, so we're, we're hiking down the trail, and I had my bag on, right? And there's this spot on the trail in the first section, of the first day's hike we were on. We hiked 11 miles that first day, which, by the way, if you ever do a hiking trip, that's a dumb thing. Don't do that. That was stupid. It was way too long, okay? Okay. But it was about eight miles in, we came to this part where there were these two rocks and there's this gap in the rocks and it was about 20 feet from where we were walking on top of these rocks to where you could like fall down in between, okay? And I just, I go to step across because it was only a couple feet. And as I did, the weight on my back shifted and my, my front foot made it onto that rock and my back foot went completely out from under me. And I was able to catch myself on the rocks. I didn't fall down like into the, the little crevice there in the rocks, but I got this huge cut all up my leg and I skinned up my arm and my shoulder and I like sprained my shoulder when I fell because it fell pretty hard. And the reason is because I had too much weight in my bag. I was carrying it around. And when it shifted on my back, it threw my balance off. And, and, and so here's why I tell you this. I tell you this because it's always a temptation to overpack for a journey. But if it's a road trip, it's one thing. Maybe you got to find some more space in the car. Or if you're flying somewhere, maybe you got to pay a little extra to get your bag on the plane. But when you're talking a long journey and you're carrying your baggage, every ounce of weight that goes in your bag Matters. And it can even do some damage. So today, we're wrapping up a teaching series. In the last four weeks, we've called out some elephants in the family room, things that cause tension in relationships. And the reason we've done this is because, as we've said every single week, I believe that Jesus wants you to have healthy relationships. And I believe that Jesus wants you to have happy relationships. But man, even more than that, I believe Jesus wants you to have holy relationships. I think he wants you to have relationships that point you to him and relationships that because of you, other people are pointed to him and you learn to live a little more like Jesus. And so this series has been all about calling out these things that cause tension in relationships, communication and dealing with conflict and serving each other and because we want you to have good, healthy, holy relationships. But today we're going to talk about how to deal with. With excess baggage, because we've all got a little bit. And if you have a Bible, I want you to open it, Ephesians chapter four. This is the same passage of scripture we looked at two weeks ago, but today we're gonna pull a little different application point from these verses and, and we'll talk about how they relate to dealing with excess baggage in our relationships. And this is an important thing for us to talk about because we've all been hurt, we've all been betrayed. We've all been neglected or wounded or in some way offended by somebody. And I'm not talking about mildly offended. I'm talking about things people have done that have wounded you deeply. Everybody's experienced that. So baggage is something that we all carry. And maybe a good thing to do before we go any further would be to define what baggage is, okay? So just, here's, here's a simple definition for our purpose today. Baggage is the unresolved stuff or the partially resolved stuff from your past that just keeps showing up. It keeps showing up in the present and it's gonna keep showing up in the future if you don't resolve it. That's, that's baggage. And the reason it's so important to unpack your bags and to deal with the excess weight and the excess baggage is because unresolved baggage can empower your past to detour you from your destination and to define your future. If you've got a path in life that you wanna travel, but your bags are too heavy to carry, it's gonna cause you maybe not to reach your destination or it may cause you to rethink your path to get there. It may cause you to change your goal altogether. And so we wanna deal with this stuff because we, we don't want it to, again, to detour us from our destination and to define our future. So we need to deal with the excess baggage in our lives. So let me just ask you, are you carrying any unnecessary baggage? And you should take a look. Because again, we've all been hurt. We've all experienced what it means to carry that extra weight around. Like, let me, let me give you an example, okay? I have a little, I have a little bag here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some stuff in this bag that'll maybe help to explain what I'm talking about if I can figure out how to open it. There it goes. Okay, so maybe this is your excess baggage. I'll give you a few examples. Maybe you had to parent a parent. Maybe you had a parent that they, maybe they loved you, maybe they had a weird way of showing it, or maybe they were such a wreck that their life actually like spilled over into your life and got you all messy. And so you spent your entire childhood just being a parent to your parent. And that's really messed with you in adulthood. It's messed with how you parent your kids. It's messed with your relationships. Maybe that's your baggage. You had to parent a parent. Maybe it's this. Maybe you had a relationship. That was abusive or neglectful, or maybe you had a relationship where you were cheated on or it didn't end well. And so now you have a hard time having healthy relationships because your trust just isn't there. You're a little bit suspicious. You don't know how to get over that stuff. Maybe that's maybe that's your excess baggage. Okay. maybe it was this. Maybe your best friend who you thought was the person in the world that you could trust. Maybe you thought they'd never do anything to hurt you. Maybe they betrayed you. They did something that just destroyed your trust. Maybe they, they stabbed you in the back somehow. And now you've put up these walls because you were so hurt that you don't want to let it happen again. So you've, you've kind of walled yourself in and you've, you've shielded yourself from other people. And now people can't break through those walls that you've built because they're so high and so strong. And you've reinforced them so many times that you are starving. For healthy, good relationships in your life, and you just can't—you can't build them because because that's your baggage. Okay, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's this. Maybe um, at work, a coworker did something super shady and they wound up getting a promotion that should have been yours. Or maybe your boss overlooked you or mistreated you or maybe it was somebody who works for you who, who wasn't loyal. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was so bad it even caused you to leave a job that you really liked and now you're struggling with what to do with that. Or maybe you even got let go from a job that you loved and now you're wrestling with what's my next step. Maybe, maybe your baggage is related to work. Or maybe... Your baggage is related to church. Maybe you got hurt by somebody who claimed to love Jesus, but yet their actions and the thing that they did to you says completely the opposite. And so now every single Sunday, you walk through these doors or you tune in online and it's hard to even listen it's hard to even be present, much less participate or get involved in anything. And so you're keeping the church at arm's length because you've been hurt. Okay, maybe, maybe that's your baggage. And, and let me take that one step further and say, maybe you perceive that it was even God who hurt you. Maybe he didn't come through. You prayed for something. You had a loved one who was sick and you prayed for healing or you prayed for healing for yourself or whatever it may have been. Maybe maybe you had a situation with God where you feel like he just didn't come through. And so now you have this, this excess baggage that you're carrying. So we, what we do is this. When these things happen in our lives, they tend to just start to build up in our bag, okay? We just, we sort of pile them in there and then our journey continues. And rather than deal with this stuff or rather than unpack it, we just keep letting it build up and build up and build up until we got bag full of a whole lot of weight. I need a volunteer. I need somebody who's real strong. I'm talking like real strong. Okay. Right there. I see your hand in the middle. Come on up here. Let's give him a hand. Come on down. Just, just jump on up here. What's your name? Aaron. Aaron. I'm Jimmy. Nice to meet you, Aaron. I just need you to do me a favor. Just step back here. Just right over here. Just turn and face everybody. Just, just hold that for me. Okay. I'll be back. All right. So Here's why it's important for us to deal with this stuff. Here's why it's important for us to, if you need help, just let me know, okay? Here's why it's important to unpack our bags because I love these words from Amanda Palmer. She said, if you don't deal with your demons, they move into the cellar of your soul and they start to lift weights. That means they just get bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. And, and what happens is, Over time, many of us we forget the source of our bitterness or a hurt or a pain. We forget what even caused it. But but even though we've forgotten where it came from, the effects of it just continue to grow and grow and grow and get heavier and heavier. Is that getting heavier yet? Starting to? Okay, (laughs) tough guy. All right. So we have to deal with these things. Okay? We, We have to deal with these things. Because even as we forget where they came from, the effects just continue to wreak havoc in our lives. And maybe that's what Paul had in mind, the apostle Paul, when he wrote these words in Ephesians chapter four, if you have it open, we're gonna look at verse 26. He said, in your anger, do not sin. He said, look, you're gonna get angry. You're gonna get hurt. We talked about this two weeks ago. You're gonna get frustrated. You're gonna have problems. But when you get angry, don't sin. And he said, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, And don't give the devil a foothold. So here's what he's saying we have to do. First of all, in your anger, don't sin. You doing okay? Getting heavy yet? Okay, we'll check back with you in a minute. You're doing great. In your anger, don't sin. What we have to do is separate ourselves in a healthy way from what caused the anger in the first place. We have to separate ourselves from that and and from the behaviors that complicate our lives. And then he goes on and he says, Don't give the devil space. Or to contextualize that for our conversation today, I would say it this way Don't give the devil space in your luggage. Don't give rage or bitterness or anger or envy or malice space in your luggage. Because if there's empty room, he'll fill it up with all that stuff. You can't do that. You can't give him the room in your bag. So let me ask you, are you carrying any unnecessary baggage? If you're not sure, ask those closest to you because they're holding it. And they'll tell you. They know because they have to help you carry it. They have to duck your anger sometimes. Or they have to deal with your mood swings or your changing emotions or, or they have to avoid certain topics of conversation because they know if they bring that thing up, it's going to really set you off and take you to like a dark, angry place. Or, or, or they have to deal with like, they have to ignore your substance abuse issue or your addiction or that thing in your life that they, they just, they know they have to tread lightly in that area. Ask the people close to you because if you're carrying unnecessary baggage, they know, they know. And it's heavy, isn't it? Just getting there? <laughs> you done yet? <laughs> you, you lasted a little longer than the guy I had in first service. Okay, you can set that down. That's pretty good. That's pretty, there's a lot of weight in there. Yeah, give me a hand. All right, thank you. Okay. I'm a little bummed that you held out as long as you did, but that was good. <laughs> so here's the thing. If people are willing to avoid topics of conversation, or if people are willing to ignore your mood swings, or if people are willing to overlook certain things in your character or your personality or your behaviors that cause problems, it may trick you into thinking you're doing okay. But don't miss this. You're not okay. And the reason they're doing that is because they don't wanna get caught holding your baggage any more than you wanna hold your baggage. And so it's important that we deal with this. And and let me even say this, what is often most damaging to our relationships and especially in a marriage relationship is we expect to be able to give all of this to the same person day after day after day or week after week, or even year after year, we expect to be able to hand them all that weight, all that baggage, and then they just, they hold it for us, right? And nobody can do that. Nobody can do that for long at all. And so it's unfair for us to expect that they can. So the people who love you the most would love for you to unpack this stuff and deal with it. Or to find somebody to help you unpack it and deal with it. Or to use the Apostle Paul's words, because he's pretty direct with this, okay? Here's what he says later in Ephesians chapter four. This is verse 31. He says, get rid of it get rid of it get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger along with every form of malice and then he tells us how and it's so it's so simple it might seem too good to be true okay and here's what he says forgiving each other and this is how this is how you get rid of bitterness and rage and anger you identify the source of so it you figure out where it came from and then You get rid of it and you forgive. And so I can say that that's pretty easy, but I guarantee some of you are listening and you're saying, Jimmy, you don't know my story. You don't know where all this stuff came from. If you had any idea what my dad did to me when I was a kid, or if you had any idea the damage that my husband or my wife did, or if you had any idea what it meant when that friend betrayed me, Man, you don't know my baggage, you don't know my story, you don't you, sure. You can say, just forgive, just get over it, just get rid of it, cut it out of your life. You know what? I don't know your story, and I don't know all the ins and outs and where the pain comes from. And I want you to know that I wouldn't even say this except for what Paul says next. Here's what he says: he says, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave. Who? You and me. And so listen, we don't forgive people because they deserve to be forgiven. They may not, but neither did we. We forgive because we've been forgiven and forgiven people forgive. We cancel debts because through Christ, God canceled our debt. See, here's what happens. When somebody hurts you, when you've been hurt by somebody, it creates a debt debtor relationship and you start to see them as owing you something right so it's like they owe me my childhood or they owe me my first marriage back or they owe me the chance to put my kids in bed at night they owe me an education they owe me a career they owe me they owe me they owe me they owe me and you can keep going there but here's what happens as we find ourselves in those debt debtor relationships their debt becomes your baggage we lug it around waiting to be paid back, sometimes years and years and years, all the while our demons are in the cellars of our souls lifting weights, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the problem is the the people from our past can't pay you back, okay? Half the time, they don't even know they owe you anything. It's possible that the person who owes you has been dead and gone for years. They couldn't pay you back if they wanted to. And the other reason this doesn't work is because, guys, we've all come equipped with rearview mirrors and no reverse, so you can look into the past and you can see the things that were done to you and you can see the people who owe you stuff, but you can't go back in time. What's done is done. So they can't give you your childhood back. They can't give you your first marriage back. They can't give you your career back or your education or any of that stuff. Those years that they took from you, they're gone. And so here's what Paul says. And let me, let me break this down a little further. When he says... In Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger along with every form of malice. If I can paraphrase that for you, let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying, close those accounts. The people who owe you, the people who have a debt to you, close those accounts. Tell your demons, I'm closing the gym. And you know what? They'll complain. But over time, their voices will get weaker and weaker and weaker. And weaker. And and listen, it's not fair to forgive, but it's not about fairness. It's about your freedom. It's about your freedom. So cancel those debts, unpack that stuff, close those accounts, forgive. This is what forgiveness is forgiveness is choosing, it's just making a choice. It's you making a choice to say, whatever it is that you did wrong to me, we're wiping the slate clean. To take that even a step further, I want you to know there's a difference between reconciliation and forgiveness. See, reconciliation requires two people. If you've been wronged or if you've wronged somebody, for there to be reconciliation, you both have to want it. Okay? And so you may strive for years and years and years toward reconciliation, but if the other person's not willing to meet you there, it's never going to happen. And some of us, we we think there can't be forgiveness without reconciliation, and so you beat yourself up because it's like, I just can't get to that point. I'm just not ready, or they're not ready, and so there's not forgiveness, and so you carry this baggage around with you and all this weight, and it's weighing you down, and it's slowing you down, and it's slowing your family down, it's slowing your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or fiance or best friend or whoever it is down because you're carrying all this stuff, and it's because you're waiting for reconciliation to happen, and let me tell you, it may never but that doesn't mean that forgiveness can't happen because forgiveness only requires one person. And that's you, that's, that's your willingness, it's your choice to say, whatever it is that you owed me, you don't owe me anymore. I'm wiping the slate clean. And so here's what you need. In order to make this happen, you need two things. The first thing you need is you need the right people in your life. I need, I need like six volunteers just six uh six people to come up and give me a hand give me six just right here on the floor come on who's okay there's one two three give me three more come on I'm gonna pick people four five six okay come on okay just right there okay here you go just hold that for me just hold that for me thank you here you go. Just hold that for me. give you that one. Yeah, thanks, Charles. All right, just hold that for me. Okay, turn around so everybody can see you. We got seven somehow. You want the suitcase? I don't have anything for you. Here you go. You can hold that. Check it out. Listen, you need people, because here's why. My man stood here and held this bag for like five minutes, okay? But it was starting to get heavy. But you get a circle of people. You get, you get a community in your life. Who can help to bear your burdens, I'll bet you they stand here a while. And especially if they care about you, they're willing to hang in there. And, and it's not that it's not heavy. There's still bricks, right? There's still heaviness. But when you have a community of people to help bear your burdens, or as Paul says in Galatians chapter six, verse two, he says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. But what's he talking about in here? What he's saying is, hey, you guys, if, sorry, I was gonna let you stay there until I'm done. You can put those down and go back to your seats if you want. Thank, can we give these guys a hand? Thank you. Here's what Paul's saying in Galatians chapter six. When he says, carry each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what he means is, so when Jesus was teaching one day and some people came to him and they said, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And he gave them two things. He said, number one, love God with everything you have. And he said, the second thing is kind of, it's just like that. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, listen, if the way that I do that for you is by helping to bear your burden, but my arms are so full of my own stuff that I can't carry any of yours, then I'm no good to you. But if I'm gonna do what Jesus has called me to do and I'm gonna help to bear your burden, that means I gotta lay some of my stuff down. And if I'll do that, then I'm available to help you carry yours. And if you'll do that, you're available to help me carry mine. And if we'll all do that for each other, pretty soon, everybody has a lighter load to bear because we're helping each other out. So you need people in your life. You need community in your life, Christ-centered community in your life. And if you don't have it, you got to get it. Two weeks we start a summer round of Rooted. Rooted is the way to get into a small group here at First Christian Church. If you're not in one, whatever reason you have is not good enough because when you find that you're carrying all this stuff and you need some people to help you, it's the best place to go to get it. You need those people in your life. And the second thing you need in your life is you need, you need to pray. And you just you pray for the strength to work toward forgiveness. And I say that on purpose because it is a process. It's, you can't go home today and just say, uh, God, help me forgive them tomorrow because you know what? Tomorrow comes really fast and you may not be ready. Sometimes forgiveness takes weeks or months or years and that's okay. But you pray for the strength to work toward it. And sometimes I think we hesitate to do that because we think we don't know the right things to pray or we don't know the formula but Martin Luther said something I think is really cool. It's one of my favorite quotes. He says, the fewer the words, the better the prayer. So you don't have to have some big, fancy, flowery prayer to get things done with God. It might be as simple as this. Maybe you, just, maybe you pray this simple prayer. God, give me the strength to forgive just as you forgave me. It's the whole thing right there, guys. Give me the strength to forgive just like you forgave me. And you pray it every day. Until it works. And if you'll do that, then you'll find that Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 21 will be true when he said, Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Imagine if we would do those two things if we would lean on Jesus' strength and if we would help each other out. What a difference it would make. This life is a journey, it's a long one, it's a hard one. And it's always a temptation to overpack for a journey. But listen, when you're on a long journey, every ounce of weight in your bag matters. But if you will get the people around you to help you, and if you will learn to pray, and if you will rely on Jesus' strength, then you will find that your load will be lighter. And as possible, you might even get by with a carry-on. Now, let me just bring it all the way around, uh, you know, and... and It all comes down to this, okay? We're gonna go into a time of communion. If you still have those things with you, go ahead and get them ready. It comes back to this. It comes back to the fact that God loved you so much that he didn't want you to carry that burden on your own. And the reason he sent Jesus to the cross to die for us is because he knew we couldn't carry it on our own for very long. And so Jesus he he said something Seth alluded to earlier in the service. He said some words that are I think some of the most some of the most encouraging and hope-filled and profound words in all of scripture. But they're really simple. Okay? Here's what he said. He said, "Come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." And then he said something that in our day and age might seem a little weird, but you got to remember Jesus he came from a farm community. It was an agricultural society. And so he, he uses this visual, this illustration of a yoke of two oxen tied together with one of those things across their shoulders and they pull a plow behind them, to plow a field. And Sometimes it would even be one oxen on his own having to plow this field. And it was not uncommon for farmers to actually work their oxen to death because it was such a heavy load to pull. But Jesus says you need rest. You come and take my yoke because I'm stronger than you. And I love this. He, he, He goes on and he says, and you'll get rest for your soul. I don't know if anybody needs some rest for their soul today, but Jesus has it for you. And so he says, come on, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he invites you to lay yours down in front of him. Now, possible because of what he did on the cross. And that's what we remember in this moment of communion. But let me just say this. If you have not yet started to follow Jesus, and I'm not talking believing in him because believing is good. But if you haven't started to follow Jesus in your life and you're trying to carry all this stuff on your own and you're exhausted and you're frustrated and you're tired and you want to move on, but you can't. Then what Jesus says in those verses, there's one really critical thing. He says, take my yoke on you. And then he says, learn from me, learn from me. Another translation says, follow me. Because he says, you've been trying to do it your way for a long time. It's very clearly not working. I have a better way. And so if you haven't started to follow Jesus yet, guys, why not? (laughs) If nothing else is working, what do you have to lose? Here's what you do. After church, I'm gonna stand right here. And if you're thinking like you're hearing this today or something's speaking to you and you're saying, "I, I might need to figure this out, just come talk to me. You start to follow Jesus today. You can start to learn from him. You can start to lay things down. He'll help you unpack stuff. We'll get some people around you that'll help you unpack stuff in your life. Lighten that load a little bit. so this moment of communion is where we just give thanks that all of that is possible and it's possible because he loves you so i'm going to pray and we give you a second to take the bread and the juice that represent his body and his blood let's just let's just express some gratitude because life is heavy relationships are heavy jesus says you're not in it alone i got you and he'll help carry those burdens God, thank you so much that you're with us. Thanks for that promise that we're not alone. I know there are people in this room that are they're, they're tired. Their arms are tired. They've been carrying heavy stuff for a really long time. And God, I pray that today is the day that your spirit would work in them to, to lead them to surrender. And God, I pray that somebody would walk out these doors today feeling a little bit lighter because they've unpacked a little excess baggage. Help us learn to be better with that, God. Help our relationships to be better because of that. I'm so thankful that you're with us in that journey. We love you. We thank you for the cross, and we pray this in Jesus' name.